Warning. The podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome to the Movie Pity Podcast, presented by RMJ Media. Greetings, boils and ghouls. Welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This is your host, Ryan, and joined again with me as always, Seth. Howdy, y'all. So, as you might have told by my little intro with the boils and ghouls thing, tonight we're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt Presents Demon Knight. Fuck yeah. Do you remember when this movie came out in 19, uh, 1995 is when it came out? I was 10. <laughs> and it was amazing at 10. <laughs> oh, it, it's even amazing now. <laughs> Fuck yes, it is. <laughs> uh, but like we do every week, go just go back and forth. What have we been watching? Uh, let's see here. I've been watching um, this Castlevania um, anime on Netflix. Okay. it's uh, I've watched it a couple times, but I it's enjoyable like all the way through every single time. Um, well, what we do in the shadows kind of getting down on some of that <laughs> yeah. too lately um mostly just tv shows um uh, what about you we did have a advanced screening of terrifier i did show you that one yeah i wasn't sure if so, i was supposed to mention that oh, so yeah, i didn't can, yeah oh yeah i because i wanted to test the waters with that one first before we get closer down the line where we touch on that one in terrifier too um I watched uh, Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that movie's just fucking like everyone, like, I think you and uh, Scotty thought it was true to life biopic. It is anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a biopic that's been Yankovic. <laughs> Fair enough. Point. Yeah. And I think it's good because what, who better? <clears throat> to have a parody biopic than a man who made his career doing parodies. Yeah, I think he had to. So I think it's a perfect fucking fit. Um, when you get a chance to get around to watching it, Daniel Radcliffe does a great job of playing a young yeah. weird owl. And like I said, it goes to some very interesting places that you might not be expecting. I'm looking forward to the twists and turns. Started going back and watching an old TV show that, it's been off for quite a few years now, but for some reason I got a wild hair up my ass to go back and watch Leverage. If you ever watched that I've show. never even heard of it. What's that about? It's pretty much you got like tooth. Uh, you have a thief, a cat burglar, a hacker, <clears throat> a guy who pretty much is muscle. You have the brains and you have a grifter. Okay. And they've all been on the wrong side of the law. So now they're joining together to get clients who have been taken advantage of by corporations and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And the clients aren't paying these guys when they set them up, they find their own ways 
of stealing a shit ton of money to get paid for <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It, it's a great fucking show. What uh, what network was that? Was that on like a Fox uh, or anything? Or was that like bigger than Fox? I don't remember if it was on USA or FX. Okay. It was one of those network type yeah. shows. But yeah, it's a great fucking show. A lot of fucking humor in there a lot of fucking obviously drama mm-hmm. but it's just a good fun time any uh actors that i would might recognize that are uh, in it the main the main guy is played by uh tim uh timothy hutton who you might know if you remember the movie back in the day uh the dead zone mm-hmm. stephen king movie okay um did you ever watch angel yeah so the heavy, the muscle in this group is played by one of the Wolfram and Hart attorneys. Okay. And for the life of me, I will never remember his character's name in that show, but he was the main one that eventually sides with Angel. Okay. Short hair, and then by the end of it, kind of gets shoulder length, mm-hmm. shaggier hair. But okay. Yeah. It, it's a good lineup of cast and yeah. a lot of good cameos from episode to episode. Without any further ado, let's get into what we came here to talk about, and that is 1995's Demon Knight. Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut of one of America's most talented and respected artists. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Oh, hello, kiddies. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film, Care for a little shriek preview? For my big screen premiere, I wanted lots of suspense. Special effects. Sex. Violence. The kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Frights! Camera! Action! Jennifer, 
The film opens up with the Crypt Keeper revealing that he is directing the film you're about to watch called Demon Knight and introducing the film's story. On a desert road in New Mexico, a powerful demon in human form, The Collector, pursues drifter Frank Breaker. The vehicle crashes and Breaker flees. Local drunk Uncle Willie takes him to a decommissioned church converted into a boarding house, where he rents a room and observes the residents. Owner Irene, prostitute Cordelia, postal clerk Wally, and a convict on work release named Geraldine. A misogynistic cook named Roach arrives and informs the group about a theft attempt on his employer's car. Unaware it was Breaker, and a suspicious Irene calls the sheriff. Sheriff Tupper and his deputy Bob encounter the collector at the crash site, who convinces them that Breaker is a dangerous thief. At the boarding house, Tupper and Bob learn that Breaker is in possession of an important artifact and that he is carrying false ID. Tupper also gets word from his base that both cars were stolen and he arrests Breaker as well as the Collector. The Collector kills Tupper by punching through his skull. Driven outside by the key-like artifact Breaker possesses, the Collector draws his own blood on the sand and produces a team of demonic creatures. Breaker uses blood from the artifact to protect the building and tells the group they must wait out the night. Unable to get in, the Collector uses psychic powers to seduce and possess Cordelia. Cordelia kills Wally and cripples Irene before Breaker kills her. The group attempts to escape through mine tunnels under the building, where Geraldine finds a boy named Danny hiding. The other townsfolk, under demonic possession, drive them back into the church. The residents demand an explanation and Breaker reluctantly tells them the history of the key artifact. The artifact that Breaker holds is the last key needed to reclaim power, and he has been sent to protect it. God had a thief named Sirach fill it with the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's all you really need to know. In the church attic, Irene and Bob discover that Wally was planning to attack the post office with a trunk full of weapons. The collector soon possesses Uncle Willie, who attacks the others. While battling Willie, Roach makes a deal with the collector to trade his life for the key. But the collector betrays him and kills him as soon after Roach walks away. Breaker retrieves the key in the battle, and Irene and Bob sacrifice themselves to stop the remaining minions in the attic. The collector brainwashes Danny, who mortally wounds Breaker before Geraldine kills him. As he dies, Breaker initiates Geraldine as the guardian of the key, deactivating all blood seals. The collector overpowers Geraldine, taking the key from her. When he offers her a place at his side and prepares to take her heart as a trophy, when she silently refuses, Geraldine confronts the collector and spits blood from the key in his face, causing him to revert to his actual demon form before being destroyed. At dawn, Geraldine refills the key with Breaker's blood and boards a bus with her cat, sealing the door behind them. Down the road, the bus stops to pick up a stranger, who declines to get on, stating that he'll catch the next one. Dressed identically to his predecessor and carrying the same suitcase, Geraldine realizes that he is the next collector. After exchanging a glance in the passing, the new collector begins following on foot, whistling the theme song to Tales from the Crypt television series. After Demon Knight's story ends, the Crypt Keeper goes to the film's premiere screening, where he is beheaded by producers as punishment of for asking final cut privileges. After the beheading, the Crypt Keeper in true Crypt Keeper style 
is still alive and says, now that's entertainment as credits roll. So I know this isn't a new one for you. So how do you like this movie? Fucking fuck. I love this movie. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> if it's got the word demon and it's got the word night in it, whether it's night of the demons or demon night, it's got the same fucking just high pump, super bitching energy that yeah. they could just <laughs> get you just stoked as shit to watch it. Well, especially when when you throw the fucking the crib keeper into it, like, oh God, everybody love the loved the crib keeper. <laughs> He's the dopest the fucking thing ever. Is one of the best fucking horror characters ever fucking made in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, uh, hands down. Did you see this when you were ten? Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Might it came out, a little young for you when you saw this, but I can't really say much different. I was just a little bit like four or five years older when i saw it when it came out i did not expect this movie because i grew up watching tales from the crypt on hbo they got away with a lot more in this movie here <laughs> yeah well absolutely that's that bigger budget and the bigger oh, yeah. let's go let's do it like when the movie like i just love the fact when the movie starts off you like you think you're going i was hoping they were gonna do like a Crypt Keeper wraparound, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure if they were. Okay. Granted, they started the movie off with the classic mm-hmm. uh, run through the house mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. the way the TV series started. Yeah. And then when like it's talking about he, this girl had just murdered her husband for money. He's down in the basement in a tub full of fucking acid. Then all of a sudden he starts coming out and he's like just melting away, clopping up the stairs, clopping up the stairs. And then right before he kills her buck ass naked in the fucking bathtub, you hear the crypt keeper yelling in the back. <laughs> I love that scene. You call that hacking? <laughs> and it's so ridiculous when they have him walking towards camera because you have an actual actor playing the crypt keeper and they're superimposed in post. The puppet head on top of it. I will say that does not hold up today. But I still, I I love it. Yeah, they they finally animated him. It's like seeing like a Muppet with feet for the first time or like legs. You know what I mean? Like Kermit walking around. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was sick. I love that so much. (laughs) And I like the fact that when the actor who's playing the the supposedly dead husband that she has killed, Uh it's fucking John Larroquette from like we talked about for, uh, night court he did the narration for many a fucking texas chainsaw massacre movie at this time but i just thought it was a nice touch having him in there yeah so he he likes being in horse shit then like that is that like he, a thing for him he has done quite a bit of horror mm-hmm. in his career yeah i think the reason why he has no problem going back to it is because it's what got him his start and it's like just made like small cameos and shit he doesn't mm-hmm. actually play like major roles and whatnot no usually no so we're still getting paid in two joints i imagine mm. if it's just so small cameras, right. right well i think he got a little more than two joints in this one <laughs> might have got two joints in a finger oh there we go so after that opening teaser with the crib keeper we get into the actual movie itself and i have to say it's the fucking filter hey man nice shot mm-hmm. best fucking song they could have yeah. chose to play for this opening yeah sequence. just for a car chase and shit yeah. just kind of slowly introducing the characters that it, was it fits I mean, fucking perfectly that was the first thing i wrote down i think was just the most bitchin opening <laughs> of a movie you can do oh, i love the soundtrack to mm-hmm. this. and granted you have to dive into like the because there's only two songs that you really hear in the main movie itself you have to go to the credits to hear the rest of it mm-hmm. but this soundtrack was fucking amazing yeah it was great um because like i said you have filter here then i think later when fucking cordelia is fucking 
cooking roaches nipples <laughs> you can hear pantera cemetery gates playing yeah so like they had a great fucking they knew what type of movie they were making and got the music to fucking go along with it so the first person you see is frank breaker who is played by william sadler good casting very good casting yeah it was a little weird seeing him in a tells from the crypt movie immediately after playing fucking uh in bruce willis's die hard 2 okay because he's the main villain in that movie oh that's right looks a lot different yeah considerably <laughs> but i i did like the fact for the first tells from the crypt movie that they cast william sadler mm -hmm. because he was the main character in the very first tells from the crypt episode ever ever oh, season one episode one fuck yeah i wonder if he, he was like the me. man who was death okay and the fact that he came back to pay homage and a nod yeah. to where he got started with tells from the crypt oh, they were and like, he will make another appearance in tells from the crypt down the line but we'll, yes. cut, we'll cover that when we get there <laughs> what'd you think of uh sadler's acting in this as breaker i think he kicked ass man um i i love the fact that they were like hey we're finally getting to do a movie and we would love for you to be in it and he was probably like oh fuck yeah yeah and i think he fit it perfectly um everything he played you know yeah even the look of the character mm -hmm. it fit for what breaker should be yeah you could tell he was tired from running mm -hmm. you know what i mean he's just got that those fucking stars you, well not just that you could tell he's tired because he's been doing it since 1917 <laughs> it's a long fucking time no one ever told me happy birthday <laughs> everyone i love is dead because <laughs> <laughs> demons ate them so the collector is played by billy zane i'm not a big billy zane fan he's made a lot of shit movies mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's been in some like a critically acclaimed movies i just personally don't like him like titanic <laughs> i don't personally care for that movie but he was in it and did a decent job in the movie oh that's right yeah he's the douchebag boyfriend yeah the only thing i could think <laughs> of is the phantoms oh god the phantom yeah the phantom that's oh, it god yeah that's the only real I thing don't i talk about that movie. <laughs> i don't think he talks about that movie yeah but we got to bring it back up so everybody because can be like, i know i have to agree with billy zane because he has in many interviews has gone on saying this is his personal favorite film that he's been in mm -hmm. and his personal favorite performance of any movie that he has done yeah it was cool that they really let him show his fire dick <laughs> just like e everything about his character in this movie the the way the dialogue is written mm -hmm. and the way he delivers the dialogue oh yeah he's like a big fucking kid uh-huh and that's all this is to him he's playing fucking games trying to get these so he is a big kid trying to get to the end game yeah, all those like seductions to try to get them to become <laughs> yeah. demons. Oh, those were so amazing, dude. Every single one of them was a banger. <laughs> and like when uh this is cutting to the end of the movie, but when Roach is turning everybody over and the collector agrees to let him go, he's like, But you don't mind if we kill everybody else, do you? And Roach just says, If it makes you feel good, do it. And the way <laughs> if it makes you feel good, do it. <laughs> it's so fucking great yeah. <laughs> and like it's hard to hear uh sometimes if you don't have subtitles on but like the first thing you hear him say after you realize he's a demon mm -hmm. after he jumps out the window is goddamn humans you ain't worth you ain't worth the skin you're printed on 
<laughs> like literally every piece of dialogue is just fucking perfect it is it is all gold from start to finish there's legitimately nothing about this movie that i would bitch about like even a little bit it's got every single aspect of it all the fucking gore was great all of you know just everything that they did was bitching like oh, yeah i completely agree i'm not gonna lie i remember being like a younger kid and just like pretending to like put that little drip shit over like door seals and shit just to kind right. of just seeing that that pink red goo just go up the wall and i remember seeing the animation for the first time i was like yeah you know they <laughs> yeah. get it they get it that's we need that <laughs> shit because i was going to catholic school you know um well let's see here uh 10 yeah about that time um i so i didn't see this i didn't see this in theaters but i remember watching it over at a friend's house so however okay. long it takes for it to go from theater to uh vhs that's when i saw so i would say you probably 12 maybe saw this does it take 96 me? at that time it probably took a good year and a half to two years mm -hmm. to come out so I was, i'd say 96 is a safe bet okay well i saw that over at my buddy's house and i became friends with him while going to catholic school so i remember seeing this at that time yeah and <laughs> I, I loved it. I was like, dude, what what is this? Like, what what the fuck are we watching right now? He's like, dude, he's like, I saw us in theaters. So you got to see it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And yeah, because back in those days, you could get the VHSs earlier, mm -hmm. but you're paying a hundred bucks. Oh yeah, like when they first came out. Yeah, the, the shit was fucking expensive back in the day. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so Breaker, after trying to steal Art's car at the deli at the deli diner thing with a knife. Yeah, that's really gonna fucking work. <laughs> He runs into Uncle Willie, who is played by legendary character actor uh, Dick Miller. Any, I, I personally, rest in peace. I love this fucking guy. Everything he's <clears throat> ever been in, and he's been in fucking everything. everything. Yeah, like from Gremlins as Mister Futterman, go back to eighty ones roger corman's piranha oh shit fast forward beyond that you have fucking when he was in the terror with jack nicholson and boris karloff fast forward even further the original little shop of horrors mm -hmm. this dude has done fucking everything yeah and up until the day he died he was a go-to in the horror genre yeah everybody wanted to fucking hire him he said he just seems like a great guy like somebody you nope. just want to kick it with i met him at a couple horror conventions wow badass and he is the most nicest one nicest guy yeah most humble guy because when you're like when you're hooting and hollering over him he doesn't see why he has fans oh nice humble. so he's very humble, humble. yeah very that's cool humble. hey I'm, I'm i'm surprised you've seen any of my shit kind of thing like yeah. oh nice and you know who i am yeah like you have no fucking idea how much i know who you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've probably forgotten more movies yeah that he's been in than i haven't seen will you, will you be my drunk uncle <laughs> my drunk uncle will <laughs> yeah. he's like all right son so Willie takes him to that uh, the boarding house that used to be a church and shit like that. So Breaker gets to the boarding house where he gets introduced to Irene, Cordelia, Wally, and Geraldine. At this time, I honestly don't know if I had seen Jada Pinkett and Menace to Society at this point. Because I don't know which one I actually saw first. Mm -hmm. Me being who I am, chances are I saw this first. Yeah. <laughs> And probably went back and watched Menace to Society. Preparing for this, found out something that very interesting that could have made for a 
completely different movie. All righty. Jada Pinkett wasn't the original person cast to play Jerry Lee. Oh, who's that? They originally wanted Cameron Diaz. Oh. <laughs> that slight moan pretty much sums up my exact feelings. I'm like, oh, no, that ain't going to fucking work. Then she would have had to take on the responsibility as, as the next. As playing that character. And, but not only that, like, progressing forward, like, she would have taken over as the new uh what are they what what was he uh the demon knight right that was the name of the character that's what well, he was technically billy zane he was the, demon, the knight. demon knight oh, okay breaker and what jada becomes is the key protector okay because you got the collector so you which the is the demon knight. And the collector <laughs> <laughs> real simple <laughs> but i'm happy they went with the choice of casting jada pinkett mm-hmm. as opposed to cameron Diaz because i don't think the movie would have worked out no, not at as all. As good as a fucking she, movie. she has the attitude that I think that that character needed. You know, and I mean, you could you could believe that she had went to jail and she's kind of got like this mm-hmm. struggle and like this past or whatever. You're just saying that because she's black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, I think that they were challenged. Uh, you know, it's to... a horror movie. We don't have to go on the <laughs> racial stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she didn't die first. I mean, if you want to go with the the racial stereotype, they usually say that the if the stolen shoe fits, okay, okay. <laughs> They don't wear shoes. <laughs> they feed him. They feed Breaker this. I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be. It looks like split pea soup with blood. In it. it just looks whatever the hell he's eating is the most disgusting thing. It was porridge, I think. If that is porridge, or like uh, porridge slop or uh, what am I thinking? I was of? gonna say that's like fucking dish shit that we get in fucking jail. Yeah, but at least that had a better color than this shit. True. <laughs> And in jail, you can get commissary and add flavor to it. Yeah, just <laughs> sprinkle in some honey buns. <laughs> Chicharrones. That's right. <laughs> just crush them up. Make it a spread, bitch. Who's getting down on this? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, the cops arrive. All sorts of fucking nonsense ensues. Uncle Willie, not knowing what he's doing, hands the key over to the cops. And this is where Breaker's trying to warn the cops that he's not who he says he is. Billy Zane, again, kind of makes a smart-ass comment. You should listen to him, Sheriff. He's telling you the truth. Like, well, then who exactly the hell are you? We'll find out who the hell you are after a while. Why wait? And then, like, I remember as a kid watching this, happier than a pig and shit. Oh, my God. When that hand went through the back of his fucking head through the mouth. (laughs) This is the best shit, I think, ever. Because, granted, yeah, Tales from the Crypt, the TV series, was gory as hell. Mm -hmm. But you had never seen (laughs) shit like that. fucking arm go through the fucking dude's head. And he's, like, moving him around (laughs) as his arm's moving, the body's going. And finally, he gets him pinned down to the ground, rips the head off while the head is still on his fucking arm. And then, oh like, when God. Breaker comes up, he literally punches him with the with head. the fucking head. <laughs> <laughs> then throws the head at the deputy, saying, of course, heads up. You gotta have those puns <laughs> in there, dude. <laughs> like, this whole sequence is what tells in the crypt, tells from the crypt is all the yeah. fuck about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's gory. It's gonna push your buttons. Yeah. But it's hilarious. It's goofy, all yeah. At the mm-hmm. same damn time. And you can take it seriously at you know, as well. This it was a great story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything, everything that they did. Special perfect. effects were fucking just dead on. And like in the following sequence when he cuts his hand, and you can clearly tell they just fucking got a shit ton of glow sticks. <laughs> and that's what they were Put using for all that crap. 
<laughs> but when the army of demons arrive, mm. those things are generally terrifying looking. Oh, yeah. Especially for 1995. Yeah, the eyes, the mouth, the little yeah. demon tails. And the fact that no two looked alike. Oh, like snowflakes. Every single one was different in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Even like later when the other people get possessed, they all take their own forms and every demon looks slightly fucking different. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool because in Tales from the Crypt, you're shooting a 30-minute episode. You are so like nitpicked on what you could fucking do. Right. From episode to episode, a lot of the times, and this is no disrespect to the TV show, a lot of the effects look the same. A lot of the creatures look the same. Yeah. From episode to episode. Probably helps with budget and shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially on a TV show. They're like, we have to go all fucking out this time, dude. So we're going to show the audience like what we got. And they did. Oh, they, they delivered. They balls out. Fuck yeah, they did. We'll talk more about that but when we get toward the end of this. Um, but actually, what I found out is Demon Knight was actually a script that had been circulating around hollywood for over a year really and the original writers of it taylor made it to seem like an old ec comic but the story just wasn't there but i guess it came across the desks of uh gil adler and alan katz who were producers on the tv show mm -hmm. they read the script loved the idea right went to fucking joel silver robert zemeckis Showed them the script. I think we should buy the script, license it. We'll rewrite it. Yeah. Make it a Tales from the Crypt. Throw the Crypt Keeper in there, wrap around. Mm -hmm. And like, it is the perfect script to fit in the world of Tales from the Crypt. 100 fucking percent. Yeah. And I even like the nods throughout the movie where the kids reading Tales from the Crypt yeah. comics from back in the day. And yeah. Shit. They killed it. What'd you think of the. Do you think this movie was shot on set or. On location. Set. I would imagine, isn't that? Tell us the crypto kind of known time, for doing like, that. For the longest time, I, the only part I thought might have been shot on location would have been some of the stuff in the boarding house. Okay. Because of just how good it looked. Mm -hmm. This set was built, and this entire movie was shot in an abandoned airplane hangar Hi. in Van Nuys. If I hadn't read it, yeah, you wouldn't in, believe in it. In an article with fucking Gil Adler, I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah. It doesn't look like... Because that's a big-ass fucking set that they built. Mm-hmm. Because it's like two and a half stories built inside a fucking hangar. Yeah. And trying to wrangle up all those, like, wild demons, that's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> well, not so much in California. <laughs> yeah, right. They're all over the place, especially, especially in Van Nuys. Been yeah. There. Warehouses, they're just there lurking. <laughs> Get the Wrangler. So I, I believe that this movie had to have been shot between, I'm going to say season six and season seven of the TV show when they were on hiatus. Mm -hmm. I would it have to be in that time frame because the TV show only ran till 96. Oh, okay. Started in 88, 89. Mm -hmm. And I know the last season of the show, they shot entirely in England. Whoa, fuck. No, oh, yeah. It has a complete that was there final, a strike or something or like over here and i honestly don't know the history of why they did it yeah but they got a bunch of fucking british actors 
bunch of different British directors, but mm. still the American crew. Right. They just decided to have everything based out of England for some reason okay. for the final season. So the doctor was in like every episode is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. One of the actors who played the doctor might have actually appeared in one of the episodes that season. It is very possible. I know Eddie Izzard okay. makes an appearance in there somewhere yeah. along the way. Um, when did Bordello of Blood come out? That uh, came out in 98. Okay. We're going to talk about Bordello of Blood. Bitchin'. We're going to talk about that here in a few. Uh, so now that all this crap's going on, people, in the residents inside the fucking hotel, boarding house, whatever the fuck fuck you want to call it they now believe breaker because only an idiot wouldn't when you see demons rising up from the ground and this really weird bald guy fucking kissing these slimy things on the head as they're coming out that still kind of grosses me out i'm like no he loves his demon babies man um they start sealing off the house with all the fucking dope ass like jesus blood yeah so this is where breaker introduces them to the seals and don't break the seals. Geraldine's cat keeps randomly showing up. Breaker doesn't like the cat because even felines can be possessed by the demons and infected or whatever the hell you want to call it. And Jada Pinkett apparently loves that cat an awful fucking lot because he tosses it. So Breaker Breaker wasn't even going to hurt the cat. It was just going to touch the key to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I never understood that. <laughs> um, I have to crucify the cat in order to make sure it's not a demon. <laughs> <laughs> or just touch it yeah that makes it a lot easier so for the next bunch of little tiny cat crosses just carrying for the around. next like i'd say 10 to 15 minutes this is where i think people might have an issue with the movie because it's literally just them going from room to room putting drops of blood on window seals and doorways and shit like that and yeah it can get a little redundant but shut the fuck up <laughs> it's good visual every time they walk in a room even if you don't see it they had a nice glowing red light so you knew exactly what the hell was going on yeah you didn't have to see it it was enough implied well if the demons get the fuck in they're gonna be like how did the demons get in well clearly we went and watched them you know block off every single entrance so yeah. i feel like it was kind of necessary honestly yeah because and then you have the character of roach who i believe i didn't write it down because i didn't really fucking care uh i believe the actor's name is thomas hayden church he was in wings he was in wings fucking uh sideways spider-man 3 he's been a ton of fucking shit he's just the biggest one douchebag in the fucking world you need one in every 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 film and he's just the biggest fucking dumbass yeah like he decides he's gonna leave the house and when he does his girlfriend cordelia follows him and when a demon comes around the corner he grabs her and throws her <laughs> towards it so he can get back in the house <laughs> sometimes he's got a sacrifice bro <laughs> then i like the comment he says nobody told you to follow me <laughs> but it's fucking wally who was played by Charles Fleischer, who you uh, just watched in uh, A Night Round Elm Street. Mm. He was the dream doctor. Okay. But he was also the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, badass. <laughs> He's a stand-up comedian by trade. That's oh, how what? he got his start. Fuck, I'm surprised I haven't uh, watched any of his shit. What's his name again? Charles Fleischer. Charles Fleischer. Okay. You go back, like, a lot of his early specials, like, were 30-minute comedy specials on HBO. Yeah. Back in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, like I'd seen this movie for so many years. And I remember seeing Roger Rabbit in theaters when that fucking movie came out. Yeah. When I found out that this guy was the voice of him, that like, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around that. That just Blue hurt my brain. your fucking mind. That literally just hurt my brain. Like, <laughs> I cannot see Roger Rabbit in a movie where a guy gets a hole punched through his head. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, no. <laughs> like, you just, you just punched your fucking <laughs> childhood. Right in well, the face, if, through the face. Though, in fairness, Roger Rabbit was a little dark at moments itself. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. That punch it through the head thing was the best. I, I think that's why I laughed like, probably the hardest. That's one of my favorite kills. Yeah. One of my well, favorite kills. Yeah. I know we'll get to it, but when the Ro- douchebag, when Roach. <laughs> when Roach just gets fucking demolished, dude, they just tear him down, Twin Tower status. You just see this face fucking come up. Ah! Yeah. They just eat the fuck out of him. That was and you know so it's, satisfying. And you knew fucking Billy Zane was going to do it. Oh, and Roach, I forgot something. I and lied. Yeah. <laughs> just the way, so nonchalant, no expression in his voice. Yeah. I lied. That douchebag, uh, his ego and his just fucking, you know, macho bullshit that he was going for, that that earned him his death right quick. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you can't backhand the milady. It would have been better maybe if she'd eaten him, too. I think it would have been more fitting uh-huh. had she killed. Like, well, punch him well, through the actually, dick? I don't know. If she uppercutted him, like, from the, the taint. I don't think Wally deserved to die the way he died. But had she killed him. We wouldn't have had the hilarious scene of him thinking he's getting out and the collector betraying him. Yeah. So to catch 22, which one would you rather have? The version we have? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, even if she like uppercutted him in the dick or something, that that would have been comical. Or like, maybe like punched a hole through his dick, like, you know, out his ass. He'd have to have one first. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> when we first see them together, he is allowing her to fucking have his nipples tied onto a fucking car battery. My nipples are smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great scene. The cop fucking breaks in on him while they're doing that. He knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. He knows what goes on in there. He was just trying to catch a, a glimpse. It looked like a tune-up and a lube job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. <laughs> yeah. I just love the way every... even. All the characters in this deliver their, like, especially to Deputy Bob. Mm-hmm. Like, the shut the fuck up, Bob, shit like that. You just get the fuck out of the way, Bob. You're a yeah. waste of space, Bob. <laughs> you can tell it's a small town and everybody's just kind of sick of each other. Yeah. And now this shit's going on. And they're like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this right now. What's going on? So when Cordelia, once she becomes possessed by the Collector, we don't see the initial attack. We hear the initial attack by Wally screaming and yelling. They go up there, and sure enough, Cordelia's in full-on demonic form, eating him, and then picks him up. Breaker ends up shooting Wally in the back, which actually I think was a good thing for him because it prevents him from coming back as a demon because he was still technically alive before Breaker shot him, so technically she did not kill him Uh to come back. So I think that was a fitting in to Wally and there, the whole thing at the end about with the fucking crate of guns. I definitely want to talk about that one when I get there. But. All right. When Cordelia attacks Breaker, Irene tries to save her, tries to save him. And like the fuck, the scene with the arm being bent and just like being torn back and forth until it eventually gets ripped off. 
I don't know why this is the first time this thought popped in my head and I actually wrote it down. All I could think of was Sally from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Literally, that's what it fucking looked like. The stitches coming loose. <laughs> coming right the fuck off. Nice. <laughs> that was great, too. That whole part was gruesome. And the crunch and the her agony was pretty oh, genuine. Yeah. I mean. In the very next thing, give me the bottle of vodka. <laughs> give me the fucking vodka. Slamming that shit down. Like, and they're like, well, we have to get out of here. If we don't leave, she's going to bleed to death. If you try to leave, you're all going to fucking die. Let her bleed out. It's one fucking person. <laughs> I'm like, get and the... yet there's a cop there. Yeah. Breaker. Obviously, in some of the flashbacks, at one point in one of his many lives, he was a soldier. Mm. Cauterized the room. Wound. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It'll stop the bleeding immediately. (laughs) I was thinking find an iron. Mm -hmm. It's got to be an iron. Oh, no, the power went out. Mm. But they could still probably... There was gas, a fu- there's there. a gas stove or something, right? And there right? was a fireplace with a fire poker. Yeah, that's true. A bunch of little cauterized wounds. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think about shooting them in the eyes to kill them? Is that a demon thing? Now it is. Okay. Because of this movie. Other people have ripped it off since this movie did it. Okay. Oh, so it kind of started something? Yeah, it did mm. start a craze with that shit. As a kid... I thought it was really, really kind of cool, mm-hmm. especially like when Wally goes out there and shoots the one through the eyes, but he doesn't move out of the way and it's hitting him and zapping him to the wall. Yeah. But I, I think it's a really cheap, cheap way of offing a demon in this one. Yeah. And especially since the fact that like when Billy Zane later gets stabbed in the eye because you destroy demons eyes, it kills demons. And then you learn, oh, no, that only works with low-level demons. Yeah, he's like, I'm a demon knight, bitch. <laughs> you got to do a lot more than that. It, it literally just falls into that horror trope that you can pretty much write whatever, whatever you want. the fuck yeah. you want. Yeah, it's my fucking movie. You can movie. write excuses yeah. for anything. I'm down. It, as long as it turns into something as amazing and beautiful as this was, then I don't give a fuck. Oh, we're going to talk about that again, because <laughs> there's a reason why I had us wait to the end of the trailers, because I or the, the credits, because I do remember that uh, post credit sequence as a kid mm. and was so disappointed. Irene's lost an arm. Cordelia's dead. Wally's dead. Um, they killed the two cops. So now you have four dead bodies. They need a total of seven, I believe they say, in order to bring back the dark times. They have to seven people that have to die. That doesn't make sense to me. Okay, because more than seven people die in this movie. That is the one flaw in this movie's writing. Does it have to do something with maybe when the star, the final star, like locks into place, then seven from that time have to die? That's it, though. When Breaker walks up to that boarding house, that's when that final star moves Came into alignment. So I think they even kind of lost track of where they're going with the script. That's fair. Uh, what'd you think of before we go into far uh, more shit and the actual storyline up to this point in the movie? How do you think like the cinematography and all that, the way the movie looks, sounds? It was it was magnificent, dude. Every shot was was badass. There was <clears throat> no angles that sucked. Uh, the jump scares were fun um the score was great all the sound effects are great the the actual just visual the uh special effects i think were just just so great for me oh yeah um the only thing that i was a little confused on is when 
Billy Zane would try to seduce them into like giving into his will. Mm-hmm. Um, how was he able to? How was he able to transfer the demon energy into them without physically touching them? Did they have to accept his offer? I believe so. That's why he keeps saying, "Let me, let in, me in," and then they in. have to say yes or okay, yeah. and then finally, because that would also explain why he's able to possess Cordelia when the entire house is locked down and sealed. Mm-hmm. Because technically, demons shouldn't be able to get through that. Right, but you saw even her lips move and shit, so I was like, is it some kind of like well, that's what I'm saying. telepathical like demon touch? Like, they're breaking their own rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with that. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. But this movie does break its own rules. I'll bust its balls for that. Fair, fair. It, it, Someone... Every movie breaks its own rules at some point in time. But this one blatantly does it quite a few <laughs> times. Especially, like, every time. Like, even Uncle Willie. He gets possessed on the second floor mm-hmm. before Roach cleans the blood letting them up to the second floor so how did he possess him up there physically like willie was the collector was right in front of willie and he was feeding him the fucking the drinks right i guess that's the my only pet peeve with this movie is it doesn't follow its own rules that once this place is under protection of the blood from the key the demonic forces cannot get in but they just kept finding ways around it. <laughs> yeah. And I, like I said, that's a really penny any thing for me to nitpick on. I brought it up. <laughs> but it, it yeah. really works for the film, though. I yeah. think it, it works not for the film. It works With in it. the film. Mm-hmm. It works in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and I do love this. Uh, Uncle Willie's, like his fantasy land. Oh, is yeah. A that was bunch great. Of, Topless girls in bikini bottoms and shit. <laughs> Just kind of get him to drink. <laughs> and like Billy Zane again has his own voice for the character mm-hmm. that he wants when talking with Dr. Like some New York, New Jersey fucking <laughs> Jersey Shore fucking douchebag bartender. <laughs> that's all I could fucking th- even with the visor and the sunglasses yeah. and shit. That That's pretty much what I would picture the voice of alcoholic temptation would be. I mean, <laughs> like, try this one, Uncle Willie. Long, hard one. Get you fucked up real quick. Drink, drink up, drink up. And I like when he's sitting there with his arms are up in the air, thinking he's in this fantasy land, and Danny's just standing behind him. Uncle Willie, are you all right? Because <laughs> he just sees him standing in front of a wall, and his arms are waving. So- and then wait, hang on. Actually, that brings up a good point too. The little boy gets possessed through, through the comic, comic book. <laughs> Maybe Demon Knight's powers are just like super extra, like mega, you know, more than anything that you could fathom. I don't know. It was great. I still loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and actually, that would also explain when he goes up into the attic and she's like, this is me giving you the finger. And he's oh, all going back to Yeah. Well, she doesn't get possessed because she tells him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. So that I guess that kind of helps explain. Yeah. Um, they do have to say yes. Yeah. And I like that scene because they had fucking a CCH Pounder who played Irene. They had her in a huge fucking fat suit so she could hide her arm from the prosthetic arm that they had (laughs) so it didn't look obviously fucking fake. Yeah. Uh, But I think she played that played that off well Mm -hmm. i do like the scene where she grabs the shotgun like she's gonna do something like you can't even cock the fucking shotgun right and what are you gonna do grab it with one hand and single hand pump it yeah and then single hand fucking pull the trigger (laughs) i would love to have seen that one the gun (laughs) yeah right in the fucking face yeah there's not well i guess if she held it with her nub possibly maybe 
Oh, like Ash does? Maybe fucking. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But shooting that shit with your left hand, if your right hand dominant, that was going to. No, she's she's dying. So Irene and uh, Deputy Bob go up into the attic. They find fucking. <laughs> this is like before Willie gets turned. He's up there drinking. He's like, I found the boy. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the boy found you. <clears throat> but they find a small arsenal that apparently Wally was going to use to take down the post office to prove to Cordelia how much he loved her. Right. That was a little bit of a stretch in the story for me. I'm like, you really didn't need to put that in there. Well, I think it would have been funny if maybe they had a scene of him bust out, just going actually legitimately postal as a demon, maybe, or maybe not as a demon. And then later on when they're an addict, they find that note like, like where the fuck did he get all this shit from? Right. And then they go up in the attic and they, they yeah. see it. I wonder if they had toyed with that idea of making it. I mean, I, that's just where my mind went. Maybe not, but I honestly think the only reason why that whole storyline is in this movie is from that. Everything that was going on in the nineties and Oh, for going postal, postal and shit. Yeah. The postal. Nice. Like, being laid off at the post office. Eh, their their like puns that. are great. Yeah. Yeah. Deputy Bob realizes there's no ammunition, but he does find, for some reason, Wally got his hand on a string of fucking, like, I think it was eight or ten grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Which is convenient as hell, because it does come in handy in a minute when Irene tells everyone to get up in the attic, like, this is my house, what are you going to do it my way? And pretty much sacrifices herself and deputy bob to kill the demons i think they came in a big acne box or box <laughs> when they came in the right. mail you just pull one little fucking tube and oh, all of them fucking, come out all fucking 10 pins shoot out <laughs> so now that they're up in the attic there's only enough blood for one more door breaker asked uh Geraldine, which what should you do he said use the window instead he pours it on her hand and she's like what'd you do that for T- wipes it off her hand, touches the windowsill, and miraculously, the window seals. And Breaker tells her that you're the one I've been looking for. Doesn't go into full details of what she has to do next because now possessed Danny comes up. And I was, I loved the look of full on demonic Danny. Yeah, <laughs> they killed it with that one. The big ass mouth and all the teeth. And the motherfucker grew fucking like five fucking like he's fucking what maybe four foot through the entire movie now he's fucking six foot fucking tall his mouth is fucking so fucking stretched and like the violator and shit yeah yeah that's literally what reminded me of the violator for fucking spawn so he kills breaker geraldine kicks danny through the window filleting and sauteing his ass goes to breaker breaker refills the key with his own blood before he dies marks uh Geraldine with the stars and lets her know that when the stars align you'll know what to do yeah it could be this lifetime it could be multiple lifetimes the same pretty much reiterating the same crap he spoke earlier about when he was talking about the fucking Jesus Christ's blood was the first one even though they never outright say it's jesus christ was the first blood in the key a crucifixion it's, by it's the romans fucking obvious. yeah a carpenter <laughs> yeah that's cool that there's just demons chilling out of jesus's crucifixion you know enough to find out that that his blood burns their their sweet oh, demon yeah. flesh and i like the fact that that collector didn't even bother to f- 
to put himself in human form. No, that that collector was in straight fucking demon form. Yeah, he's like, let's do this. Shit just got real. We're in front of Jesus. You know, his dad's just up here waiting for him to come back. Yeah, there's demon it up right now. So now, Breaker's dead. Cuts to uh, the collector making his way up to the attic after all the shenanigans have taken place. Sits down next to Breaker, opens his dead eyes, knows Geraldine is still in the room, asks him to come. He's like, oh, you must be in terrible agony, all covered in blood, and grabs her hand and says, it's not my blood. So apparently, like, if you're the protector, when you die, your blood becomes damaging to the demons and the collector. Yeah, well, first... It's like, the only way I can justify any of that. Somehow the universe knows, and then it cancels out all the old portals, and then makes requests that the new blood become the new portals. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, that it, it was... Is, it's really Didn't it make logic. a lot of sense? But again, I mean, if it's demons... It works for a, a schlocky horse look like Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get away with it. So... Billy Zane as the collector wraps her up in a fucking shower thing, th- throws her in the tub, and of course has to make the con- the, the statement cleanly cleanliness and godliness shit. <laughs> yeah. And what I love about this scene is she is completely covered head to toe in blood. She was wearing a white top and white panties. He got that shit perfectly clean he must have been using bleach or something no demon powers <laughs> if he can if he can influence them from outside and possess them with a demon demonness from outside and touch their lips and seduce them and make them see this imagery he can dude he's fucking got bleach like just that's his he came and his probably his his cum is probably bleach but probably also like acid and like lava and like probably other small demons <laughs> and i just loved that after he's done cleaning her and he's taking her to the place he's wanting, he's just dragging her in this fucking tarp, <laughs> bonking her head that down the fucking stairs. Yeah. I love that fucking scene. He had so much and fun. He's just talking away nonchalantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, when he's talking about Geraldine, I love you. I love you. Do you think you could find it in your heart to me? <laughs> I just it reminded me of a fucking high school student. Happy days, isn't it? Happy days. <laughs> it might have been happy days. Yeah, I know there was an old show that did that. I can't. What's his ass? Sing. The fucking the cool oh, guy. Oh, fucking Fonzie. Fonzie. That's I right. think he, he couldn't, couldn't say, say love. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think there was a fucking subplot about some shit like that. Billy okay, Zane so had a now blast. even fucking. <laughs> Tell us when the crypt is referencing fucking happy days. <laughs> Who would have thought it? Yeah. Thanks, happy days. So long story short, Geraldine kills the fucking collector. We get a new collector. And I think this is racist. Just because you have a black protector, you have to send a black collector. Come on. Mm. <laughs> no, because no, that would be way more racist if this white dude was chasing down this black chick. Right? <laughs> I don't think they could go that far. They had to be like, no, it's got to be same race, right? You know, race on race. They just got to keep it normal, keep it right. I wonder if the demons then come out like different too. That I When don't he know. cuts the blood, the demon blood, are they like, would they be different demons? I, don't I have a really bad joke and I'm going to let it go. Let <laughs> Let's it go. let it be. 
My biggest issue with that end sequence is they're in the middle of the desert in New Mexico. And the bus, not only does she get on the bus, but it makes this random stop to just some random guy. Yeah, on the I side didn't of see the a road. bus stop at all. Yeah. What the fuck? Talking to a guy who's ridden many of us. They just don't stop at random spots for anybody standing on a corner. And that wasn't even on a corner. It was in the middle of the goddamn desert. And that wasn't a normal bus. That was a fucking like a Greyhound bus. He uses, he uses demon powers to get the bus, oh, Jesus. the bus to stop. You're going to use that excuse too. <laughs> Dude, because honestly, because from what I've been learning is there are no rules with the demon powers. You just got to, you just got to make them up. You get to uh, interpret them get the best that you can. Um, uh, yeah. So whatever. He walks away whistling the theme to, to tell Shinna Crypt, which I just fucking love. Yeah, that's great. Because that's one of my favorite show theme songs of all fucking time. Danny Elfman. Always one kills of the greatest it. composers. Yeah. Uh, then we, of course, we have the the tag sequence with the Crypt Keeper at the premiere and all this shit. And, of course, he gets Final Cut, which is his head getting cut the fuck off by the producers, which actually, I think, were portrayed by Gil Adler and Alan Yates, or Alan Kate's cats are. But the post credit sequence is the Crypt Keeper coming on camera saying, I'm trying to think of how he worded it. Did you not get enough of this? Stay tuned very soon to theaters near you. Tells from the Crypt presents Dead Easy. And that's where we're going to get into, I think you should listen to a podcast okay. called How Not to Make a Pod, or How Not to Make a Movie, How Not to Make a Movie Podcast. Nice. It is Gil Adler and Alan Katz because Dead Easy never got made. Yeah, I actually... That's what they said was that thing was dead easy. Dead easy. Okay. Gil and Alan loved the script. It was a great fucking script. Mm -hmm. Joel Silver got a hold of them, destroyed, destroyed, destroyed the script. And like like I said, they created a whole podcast off this. Oh. And that's because what that movie should have been became Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. Well, what the fuck? Why did he destroy it? Is there drama behind it or something or what? Oh, yeah. I've listened to the entire podcast mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm not a bordello of blood apologist. <laughs> I enjoyed it when it came out. Mm -hmm. It is vastly inferior. Yeah, I've watched Demon it one Knight. time. Yeah, it's it's a shitty fucking Yeah, movie. I remember not liking it. And when as you much. listen to this podcast, mm -hmm. you hear so so much crap so much crap yeah because like how certain people got cast in the movie mm -hmm. like let's say the main vampire villainous in that movie played by angie everhart mm -hmm. okay you know why she got that movie i have no idea bro that movie was shot in canada joel silver was producing that movie joel silver was producing another movie nearby in seattle that starred sylvester stallone mm -hmm. sylvester stallone at the time was dating angie everhart so she only got hired so he didn't have to travel on days off shooting to fuck his girlfriend uh, that's fucking kind of sweet <laughs> to be able to set that up right oh there was like like a, <laughs> like a long distance relationship 
like I said, uh, we will eventually touch on the two other because there is two other Tales from the Crypt presents movies. And I'm assuming you never heard of the third one. I am rambling through my brain and I cannot think of it. It stars Jennifer Grey, who played Baby from Dirty Dancing. Mm. It's called Tales from the Crypt Tales from the Crypt presents Ritual. No, I can't. I can't even think of a trailer or anything about it. It's because there wasn't one. Yeah. <laughs> it it's was like a... direct to DVD. Nice. <laughs> But we will touch on that one eventually. But rounding this one out for the most part, let's stay focused on Demon Knight and not get rambling back and forth. <laughs> the Is there first. anything that you would have changed besides the obviously the movie flaws and their logic? No, not not really. Um I enjoy this movie through and through, man. It, it's like I said, it's just like Night of the Demons. You start watching it and you love every fucking second of it. Again. No, I I completely agree. This movie is not just a guilty pleasure. It is a pleasure. Like anybody I've ever shown this movie to, even if they don't like horror movies, they can at least get into the campiness and the humor from that camp. Yeah, the puns were there's great. plenty of fucking humor mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The movie would have sucked ass without the humor, by the way. Oh, yeah. Too, I don't think yeah. it would have fucking mm-hmm. worked. It, they, they need it, you know? Mm-hmm. Gore might be a little much for some people because this is a little more over their top. Hmm. for the time that the movie came out because when you think about what tells from the crypt the tv show was to what this movie was yeah it is quite a bit different than what they were doing on the tv show yeah but that's you you get super fucking pumped when you get to see a badass tv show that then gets to do movie like they get to just go balls deep on everything as much as they can and they did with this um outside there yeah it was beautiful i loved it and I honestly don't know what the budget was on this film, mm. but it they had enough. It had to have been a big enough budget to build that entire fucking set. Yeah. So in the hangar, it and had shit. to have been a decent budget. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it looks fucking great. I love, like I said, the acting, top notch. Yeah. Lighting, top notch. Sound, mixing, top notch. It's just those little things that I nitpicked on. Mm-hmm. Those are the only things that pissed me off with this movie. The demon logic. Legit. The only things that bug me with this movie. It would be a one like perfect fucking movie to the most part. Okay. I'm going to correct myself. Perfect movie for a B style. <laughs> yeah. Horror flick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a perfect B style horror flick. Mm-hmm. Up there with a night of the demons. Yes. Hands down. Is there uh, one thing I am curious about? Is there any acting changes that you would have done? Would any actors that you would have liked to see in particular roles? Or can you not see anybody different? Cause you uh, saw this at such a young age. Yeah. I, I liked everybody who they were. Um, no, I, I, I really can't picture anybody else doing anything. What about like a Paul Reiser and the Wally character? Uh, oh, I could see they kind of, if if that was what they were originally going for and they didn't get it, they definitely scored that. <laughs> because Charles Fleischer does resemble fucking Paul Reiser yeah. quite a bit, if you think about it. <laughs> They're cousins. <laughs> and I'm trying to think who else they could have cast to play Roach. Uh, yeah, and that's who I was trying to think of is like, if who else could have planted, like, unless they would have done, um, 
Oh, fuck. Who was the fucker that did it from Demon uh, Night of the Demons? Who was the pig in that? Oh, uh, Stu. So if they had gotten him, you know, a little bit older and shit to have done it. That would have been been a nice little callback. Mm -hmm. I didn't even think about that. I don't think that dude did much shit after Night of the Demons, unfortunately. Not too many people from Night of the Demons did much after Night of the Demons. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think of is like if I was to compare side by side Night of the Demons and Demon Knight, obviously this one like budget wise and like quality wise obviously beats it in the dick. But like for the the greatness and the classicness of what it is, yeah. obviously like they, they almost can't compare the two because one is just in a completely different like genre and age of its own you know what i mean i completely agree with that Um, yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think there's any actors i could see doing a better job in some of these roles especially nobody could have done the collector but billy zane Mm -hmm. nobody and i'm that's what i was gonna mention i forgot to when billy uh showed up on set the first like the first day he had a little briefcase with six hair pieces went to the director and the producers which one would you like me to wear <laughs> we like the way you look now he's like really because he had never performed on screen with it his natural shaved head yeah he's always worn a hairpiece damn and up to that point always wore a hairpiece <laughs> <laughs> you know how many tribbles i had to kill <laughs> to make these fucking hair pieces <laughs> well hell, look at fucking bruce willis was the same way yeah the county movies he wore the fucking hair pieces on because mm-hmm. he always had a shaved head because he was balding like a bitch going back to the fucking uh moonlighting days <laughs> yeah sometimes that should happen gotta work with what you got so in closing i know you like this movie mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i know the answer to this question but would you recommend this movie and what would you rank it one to ten and don't worry about your ranking skills this week. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, you need to, um, whatever you're doing with your life, change it and spend about, was it like two hours? Hour and... I'll say an hour and 40 an hour minutes. Hour and 40 minutes sounds about right of your life watching this movie. And after you've watched it once, go ahead and play it again. Um because it was fucking awesome. I love this goddamn movie, and I think everybody should goddamn see it. Uh, I it's like a solid eight or nine, eight or nine. I just because I fucking love it. I could watch it every single day and never okay. get sick of it. Like I feel uh, like calling this, an audible. You said eight or nine. You're giving it an eight point five. It's yeah, right there in the middle. Eight point five. Uh, yeah, like I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Yeah, owned it on fucking multiple copies on VHS. Had it on fucking multiple copies on DVD, then Blu-ray. Like, I love this movie. Yeah. Anytime I get a chance to fucking watch this movie, I'm going to fucking watch it. No, I could see you watching it in your Demon Knight pajamas. (laughs) The full booties and everything all geared up. (laughs) Didn't have Demon Knight ones, but I actually did have fucking Tales from the Crypt pajama pants. (laughs) Crypt Keeper ones. See, I knew it. So I fucking knew it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. And I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm going to give it an 8.5. I, yeah. I love this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Hands down. One of the. Nope. I'll say it. Hands down. One of the best things to come out of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. I love the series, but this is its fucking opus. Like, it's peak. It, yeah. It is fucking perfection. Yeah. And I think that's worth it because, like you said, if the 
Well, we both agreed so far, you know, that we don't really like Bordello Blood. And I've obviously never heard of the third one. But if this was like you said, they were kind of like going not out of business or like there was like this like little air there where like they moved to England or whatever. If this was like the beginning of the end. I think they were just moving production for mm -hmm. that one season. And that happened in 95, you said, but this came out in 94. This, so came, this out came out in 95. 95. So this was between the shooting of those seasons. So okay. this was probably shot mid to late 94. Did it? Okay. I was going to say, because, uh, yeah, like you said, if this is, this is like them going out. Like, this is our last hoorah. This is the best shit we're going to probably ever do. Even though more movies were coming, but they were like, this is it. I this is all we got. They knew that their next season was their final season mm -hmm. on their contract with HBO. Yeah. So they wanted to make this movie to show that we can continue the Tales from the Crypt brand, not just in TV series form. Mm -hmm. We can do movies. theatrical motion pictures with the Tales from the Crypt brand. You can take it seriously now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've proven ourselves. Mm -hmm. Look how long we've lasted on fucking HBO. Give us a chance. Right. But this movie fucking did it. Bordello of blood, bent it over and fucked it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get to that one. Bitch in. So uh, we're going to wrap this up. Next week is Thanksgiving. Yes. So me being the smart ass that I am, I think we should cover a Thanksgiving movie. So next week we'll be back when we review Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Thank you for listening, y'all. Yes, thank you for listening. And remember to tune back in next week. And as always, till next time, kitties. Thank you for listening to this. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Back to the Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The Movie Pit is produced by Ryan Boozer Johnson and Seth Chapman. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts. May not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated.